You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Final hour on this Meet Friday. We got a headline with the Dallas Cowboys from Adam Schefter. The Cowboys likely, in parentheses, to release Amari Cooper by the start of the new league year, per league sources. Cooper is due $20 million in fully guaranteed money on the fifth day of the new league year, March 20th. Boy, we didn't see that one coming, did we? When we went, they're going to pay Amari Cooper that kind of money? I wonder what Dak Prescott thinks about this right now. But then Dak may say, yeah, I guess this is what happens when you get paid $40 million. Maybe cut a running back. Amari Cooper, the value to Dak Prescott, what kind of stats did Amari Cooper have last year, Paul? Dan, in 2020, he played all 16, played in 15 games, almost all 16 games. He had 92 catches, 1,100 yards, five touchdowns, real nice numbers. Last year in 14 starts, 68 catches, 865 yards, eight touchdowns. He was down a bit. Yeah. That's not worth $20 million. But uh, so likely to release Amari Cooper. The spring swing is upon us for the next five weeks. NBC and Peacock take you on the uh, PGA Tour, starting in Orlando, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, presented by MasterCard, Saturday, 2.30 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. To get started, sign up, PeacockTV.com. You can watch this program as well. And uh, poll question, Seton, going into the final hour is what? We changed it up on you, Dan. Uh, we have, would you rather have tickets to the Final Four or Coach K's last game? Well, I would say Coach K. But then you might have Duke in the Final Four. Then you could get Coach K's final, final Other last game. game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'll roll the dice and take the Final Four with the possibility that Coach K could be coaching in his Final, final game. I like it. All right. Yes, Todd. But it's going to still be his final game in Cameron Indoor, and that's pretty special and awesome. Regardless I, Todd, of I realize I that. I know. I'm just making sure you understand the last game is not going to be played in, at Duke. It's going to be played Thank at the you. Final Four site in Thank New Orleans. You. Thank you, Todd. Sure you Thank that. you, Todd. Uh, it is a meet Friday. Todd tries to put a damper on that. But <laughs> um, in case you're wondering, barbecue chicken sandwiches, ultimate loaded nachos. Who's got it better than we do? Nobody. By the way, the 1215 podcast, we'll uh, have that for you. That'll be on uh, our newsletter, danpatrick.com. Go to the website. The backroom guys get to dish on everything that happened this week. And I'm sure what just transpired in the last <laughs> 10 minutes is going to be topic, topic numero uno. And that was hand size. We, of course, wanted to uh, see where we matched up, uh, up uh, stacked up against Kenny Pickett. The Kenny Picket Memorial Handshake Challenge, or uh, Hand Size Challenge here on the Dan Patrick Show. It's the first annual Kenny Pickett Hand Size Challenge. Kenny Pickett, uh, hand size eight and a half. Paulie has the uh, results for uh, this you know, the, this program with uh, myself and the Dan. Yeah, Dan, you won. Fritzy in second. A lot of people had that as the order right off the bat. Mm. And then if you had a trifecta box, you would have lost because I finished third. Yeah. And then Seton, the upset of the century, finishing fourth. And Marvin... Dn did not finish. He was under eight inches. That's like a non-qualification. Yeah. You know, Rob, our Knicks fan back there in and, the back. And he's diminutive. He's, he's small. He's got bigger hands than Marvin does. <laughs> yeah, Marv. I know that. I, always, I have little hands and little feet. Everybody else, I have, you know, size 10 shoe, small hands. Yeah. You know, take my strong hand. Like, I don't have any strong hands. Yeah. Or big hands, sorry. 
people. You didn't throw the contest, did you? No, there was nothing at stake. Okay. Well, your reputation. So from now on, everybody's going to know when they tune in, they'll go, oh, Marv, he's got small hands. What rep? PM yawn. Yeah. It's... <laughs> this dude uh, just tweeted at us. He said, I just hit rock bottom. I chose to be late to a meeting so I could hear who had smaller <laughs> hands. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Marvin, like you have to get to eight just to qualify. And you didn't even get to eight. Yeah. Sorry. There's already memes flying around about of Marvin's tiny hands. <laughs> I like that I get to make the joke. I, like I know. Marvin's tiny hands. I know. <laughs> For years, Seton would talk about, you know, how small his feet were and his hands were. He said, I got the uh, hands of a 12-year-old girl. That's Yep. Man, you're going to go home and feel a whole lot better. You're going to say, hey, hun, I'm home. I'm home. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. What happened to your voice? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Uh, All right, so the uh, NFL Combine is rolling along. Lakers lost again. We'll check in with the Lakers. They got blown out by the Clippers. Kevin Durant's back. The Nets lose again. And uh, Mike Krzyzewski's last home game at Duke coming up on Saturday. Draymond Green had this to say about Laker fans booing uh, LeBron James and company. To get booed by your own fans, like, it's very distasteful and disgraceful. And, and, and I was shocked to see that. Like, I, I thought that was pathetic. I, I thought it was extremely pathetic. And like I said, I thought it was very distasteful from a fan base of an organization that has the most championships in the NBA. Like, like let's not be so, like, spoiled brats. Like, it's okay to be spoiled. Yeah, you can 100% be spoiled. We all get spoiled by things at times at one point in our life or another. But let's not be brats. And, and, and that was about as bratty as something that I've seen, considering that this team just won a championship, not even a full two years ago. And, and now you're booing? Like, I thought that was utterly ridiculous. But I will say this, the Laker fans have been patient. We're into March now, and I think they realize this isn't a good team. But I never understood the booing of your own team. And you're... How could you possibly be booing LeBron James, a team with LeBron James? You might, you might boo Russell Westbrook. You can't take LeBron out of this. It's LeBron's team. And if you think that Russ is going to change, was going to change, I mean, that's on you. And that includes the Lakers. This is who Russ is. I, I don't know how you go, yeah, you know, Russ, if uh, we get him some open jumpers there and uh, we tap into his three-point shooting uh, uh, acumen, hey, and when he handles the ball, he doesn't turn the ball over. Like, come on. This is who he is. It was all about taking the ball out of LeBron's hands so LeBron could then coast during the regular season, pace himself. Well, that's not the way it's going to happen. Anthony Davis goes down. You don't have a great bench, supporting cast, considering what you once had to what you, what you have now. And the Clippers beat him again. Second straight year, they swept the seasonal series from the Lakers. Yeah, Paul. All right, but do you think that the average Los Angeles Lakers fan not boos LeBron, but blames LeBron for the lineup? I think the average fan, maybe even the national fan who doesn't know the Lakers as well as anybody else, thinks the management puts the people on the court that LeBron wants, that he is stirring the drink completely, and that Rob yeah. Plink and the other guys are just 
at his beck and call. Yeah. I think that's what people think, whether it's true or not. Well, I, I don't think anything happens there without LeBron's consent. And, and if LeBron thinks, you know, that, that uh, we don't think that, then he's incorrect. Yes, it's, it's LeBron is running that team. Todd has a limerick. He keeps reminding me that he has a limerick, and it's about the Lakers. It is, but the Lakers' woes yeah. continue. So, Todd, thank you for sending me a, I like to fill a, up everybody's, a, a reminder. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so here we go. Here is, uh, here's, here's Todd. Once again, the Laker fans wept. Hard to accept their team is inept. Coaching player frustration with no motivation against the Clippers, they got themselves swept. All right. All right. Thank you, Todd. Jesse in L.A. Hi, Jess. What's on your mind today? Hey, thanks for taking my call, VP. Yep. Um, happy Meet Positivity Friday. Nine and one-fourth inches over here in L.A. I'll let you uh, discuss what's going on over there. But, uh, but I'm calling on two things here. Did you realize that with the Kings' loss to the Pelicans on Wednesday, that they're guaranteed themselves another losing season, the 16th year in a row, continuing a trend that in my adult <laughs> life, I've yet to see them with a better than 500 record. The real reason I'm calling though is because I wanted to throw down a bet to Tiny Hands for his first DP show fight of the oh, face. Oh, Tiny I know Hands! That's Marvin's yeah. Marvin's new name, Tiny Hands. Okay, so Jess, uh, what is the pie to the face bet with Tiny Hands, Marvin? Right, and this will supersede that lame one he made yesterday with the football team. Uh, this is involving March Madness. So. Okay, Marv, your UConn Huskies. My UCLA Bruins, I think they're both going to be seated better than six, both third in their respective conferences. Whoever's team goes further in the tournament, loser, pie to the face. Don't be scared, dude. First of all, it's T-Hands. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's with, not, with, with a Z on the end. It's, uh, tiny hands. Tiny T-Hands. T-Hands. Uh, okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> you know what? Hey, you're on, because we've won a national championship in this century, so... We'll go uh, further. That's yeah, no, all good. Yeah. I'll see you in the DMs. All right. All, all right. right. Thank you, Jess. All right. So, T hands. <laughs> that sounds like a T-shirt with little with little baby hands. Little tiny hands. Yeah. yeah. T hands. T hands. Yeah. I'm in. For all, yes, you are. You're the poster child for it. For all those guys out there with tiny hands. Marvin is there for you. <laughs> T hands. Hi, I'm Marvin Prince for uh, Tiny Hands Across America. Hey, everybody. You know me. It's me, Marvin Prince. You know me. T hands. I just want to let you know it's all good. I'm here for you. But how, what solution do you have? Are you a support yeah. system for yeah. the handless? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't have any solution. I just want you to know I'm here for you. You guys feel disrespected? Well, I have nothing to say. There's All now to get a free little set of gloves. <laughs> mittens. mittens yeah. Little mittens. Little tiny mittens. Yeah. Yes, Marv. Me and my son share mittens also. <laughs> uh, Kenny Pickett's your favorite quarterback now. Yeah. Of all time. Yeah. You've heard of T. Higgins? How about T. Hands? That's me. I'm T. Hands. More phone calls coming up. That was some gold there. I didn't, I didn't know we were... Uh, Going to have that result. Just to see Seton's face when he realized he didn't have the smallest hands in the room. Right now, people are uh, calling it like a 16 over a 1 seed <laughs> right there. Like, let March Madness truly begin. It's handness. March, March handness. Handsness. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Anything else? Oh, uh, Charles Barkley had this to say. You know, Charles doesn't mince words, but uh, he's tired of showing Laker highlights. Man, we're not showing these guys anymore. We have to return. I'm making an executive, executive decision around here. What, what's, what, who, we're not showing them bomb from Southern California anymore. We stop it. Nope. They, they, they were balling. Okay. We Come on, man. Return. We got to stop showing that team. No, see, I disagree with Charles because we still want to see the process, the struggle. And, you know, a lot of times you'll see teams when they're playing really well and everybody wants to show those highlights. But success can be boring. I, like, I want to see the struggle here. I want to see them work through this. Now, sometimes watching that, that can be great, great TV. I was going to say great theater, but Todd always says that I say great theater. I like when you say that, though. Yeah, I make fun of it, but it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, it's great TV is what it is. But, yeah, I want to see the whole process here, working through that. I think that's interesting. All right, we'll take a break. We'll check in with the Lakers. And uh, more phone calls coming up as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock. That's our streaming partner. And uh, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, and our radio affiliates around the country. We're back after this. Dan Patrick Show. Now a message from Discover about real rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something you actually want and something you can actually use, like Cashback match. Discover matches all the cash back that you've earned at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, because when it comes to rewards, you can't go wrong with cash back. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover, except exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations, like Fritzy, apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Oh, we spent a little time talking about the Lakers. Now, look, I, I don't, I'm not an alarmist. And I did say, let's wait until the end of December and then we'll get a better sense maybe of this team. Here we are in March. I, I guess the sense I have is, they're not a good team. But there's no other options here. I don't know why people think, oh, my gosh, they're, they're terrible. Or Russell Westbrook, like, what are you going to do? I think in the offseason, they'll do some things. They, they took a chance, didn't work out, and they've lost eight of their last ten. The Lakers host Golden State on Saturday night. Dan Wojcicki covers the NBA, covers the Lakers for the L.A. Times. All right, where do you want to start here, Dan, with what happened last night? Um, it's been great theater, Dan. I just want to say that, first of all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, you. You know, you say you want to watch the struggle. Like, that's the crazy thing is, like, they have seven more games on national TV as, as the season plays out, right? Like, so yeah. we are all going to see this. Like, it is very public. Um, I mean, I think – I mean, Russ is as good a place to start as any because that decision impacted everything, um, not just in terms of what he's able to do on the court – sort of the the math problems it caused for them when you trade three players for one um when that player makes 43 million dollars and that's money you can't spend elsewhere uh you know i was watching in, in that third quarter and you watch that you know the the clippers going i think it was like a 23-0 run at one point and you look around it's like why can't this team stop anybody and you you realize oh well Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell-Pope are on a different team. Alex Caruso is on a different team. Like, these are the guys that were parts of the pillars of the identity that the Lakers won a title with, which was built on defense. And that has all been traded out. That has all been gone in an effort to be more dynamic on offense, and they stink on offense. 
and they're slightly below average on defense, and that's why they are in the position they're in. Tim Legler was on yesterday, and he said that he's watching the body language. And he said during timeouts, they're not talking to each other. Like, there's no spirit there. There's nobody who's sort of, yeah. you know, getting in somebody's face here. And they've, they've had those players in previous years. They just don't have that now. But I, I wonder, what do you do in the offseason? Um, a lot, right? And I, th- I think Legs is right. Um, you know, I think what we're seeing, right, Dan, is you're seeing a team that had championship expectations uh, being confronted with the reality that they might not even be the 10th best team in the West, you know, and that's, it's jarring. And it has been, you know, let's wait. Like you said, we'll wait to the end of December. This has been their approach on a lot of things, at least publicly is like, well, let's wait and see where we're at once we're healthy. Let's wait and see where we're at once we get some continuity. Um, you know, here we are with 20 games left in the season and it doesn't seem, uh, it seems impossible to imagine that they'll get either of those things. Um, as far as the off season goes, you know, it, dealing with the Russell Westbrook issue um, seems like it'll be at the very top of the list, right? Um, best for both parties, I think probably to, to figure out a solution. Now that that's going to, it's gonna, like the Lakers are going to have to pay for that. It's not a simple, like let's find a team that wants Russ. Like they're going to have to sweeten that deal. They're going to have to use draft picks to, to, to kind of start to dig out of the hole that they're in, but they've probably got to dig out of the hole. And then I think secondarily, um, you know, a, a coaching change seems likely. The Lakers have kind of said that, um, y- you know, w- with with a half-hearted extension, um, with kind of letting Frank Vogel dangle a little bit here during during this season. I, I mean, they've sort of made their their feelings known there. And I think, um, again, another situation probably for best for both parties. Um, you know, like there's going to be big there, – there'll be big changes. This team has to look differently next year, Dad. Here's the crazy thing. I'm not convinced they'll look that much better. Well, I wonder if LeBron knows the clock is ticking. He wants to win at least one more championship. And he's got to look around and go, can I win a champ? Do you think LeBron can win a championship in, in the next couple of years there in Los Angeles? I mean, not without a certain level of luck that hasn't been there, right? Like, I mean, you're going to need, he's going to have to continue to defy age on the court, but he's going to have to stay on the court. Right. Um, you, you know, LeBron has missed a lot of time this year. Uh, his his running mate is Anthony Davis. And so you need Anthony Davis on the court. Like these are big ifs when you talk about the Lakers. If Anthony Davis was healthy, if LeBron James keeps playing at this level, I mean, you know, next season, LeBron will be 38. You know, um, the year after that, he'll be 39. And eventually you would think like that. I mean, maybe we're already starting to see some of those things slow down, you know, the swollen knee. Um, you know, the ankle injuries seem kind of freakish, but you know, he's had other things, a groin injury that he's dealt with, like these soft tissue injuries that tend to kind of suggest older age, you know, um, I think, I think that is obviously, those are huge ifs. Can it happen? I mean, they have a puncher's chance. I mean, they, they are, I was talking to a scout last night and it's like, they are as born on third base of a team as anybody, right? Because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And it's sort of why, despite all of this stuff, you talk to teams around the league, nobody still wants to play them. They don't want to see them in the play. And they don't want to see them in the first round of the playoffs because they have these two guys and these two guys are unquestionably great players. Uh, is this a great team? Um, no, not close. Handicap the rest of the West here. Best team is who? 
I, I think at full health, I think it's the Phoenix Suns, but the Chris Paul thumb injury is, is an interesting one. Um, it is a – that team to me, when I see them, they make the most sense. Um, like, you just see them, they've got athletic wings, now they have ex, they have experience, they have perimeter scoring, they have an interior presence, they've got tremendous depth, they've been there before. It's a team I really like. Um, I, I still sort of think the Utah Jazz are lurking, and, and they've, they've disappointed the playoffs so many times. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it's a terrific offense and, 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 you know, a team that's played much better basketball, seemingly the only team the Lakers can beat weirdly enough is the Utah jazz, but, but, you know, Utah gets everybody, I, that doesn't seem like a problem they'll have to conquer in the playoffs, you, you know, and, and then obviously the warriors are, are the warriors. I mean, I think Steph Curry's in a little bit of a funk right now. Um, Clay Thompson's still playing his way back and, and reintegrating pieces like that is not easy, Dan, it, it, it like. It, it especially, especially when it's been so long, it's hard to readjust your identity like that. Uh, but again, that's just another team that that I think you know uh, is in the mix. It just to me, Phoenix just feels like they have the least amount of questions. A thumb injury isn't the end of the world. Chris Paul will be back on the court at some point. Um, he'll be able to stay in shape. It's not like you can't jog if you have a broken thumb. It's not like you can't work out a little bit and stuff like that. So. I don't think it'll be hard for him to kind of to get back running at full speed. Make a case for John Moran to win MVP. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies aren't on anybody's radar if he's not like jumping above the backboard every game. You know, like in terms of value, they're a game out of the two seed right now, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, he is the value case, right? Um, And I, you know, I, I I didn't mention Memphis, and I probably should because it's easy. To, to kind of see um, the path for them, right? Like it is kind of a weird year again in the West, you know, who knows um, what doors will be open. They're tremendously athletic. Another team with tremendous depth. Uh, they had never been there before, which is always, it's tough to go through it the first time. And we'll see what, you know, how, how a team defends John Moran over a seven, seven game series is totally different from how you deal with him on a night to night basis and how good are they at adjusting. But, I, there's probably not a more exciting player in the league right now. Um, it does feel like he can do anything. I was in the building when, you know, he, he blocked that shot against the Lakers and it looked like, you know, he had a, you know, a couple Tesla rockets in the sneakers. Like it, it's, he, he is like sort of one of those guys when you, when you open your phone or you turn on league pass or whatever, it's anything is certainly possible. And on a team like that at, at this stage, I mean, what, who could be more valuable in that sense? Yeah, I don't know. It's like most outstanding as far as best highlights. Sure. Because Giannis has won a couple. It feels like it's Embiid's turn, even though the Jokers played well with a Denver mm-hmm. team that's, you know, been missing some players there. I, I, I always, I'm always curious about this meteoric rise. Like Luka had a meteoric rise, but he didn't win the MVP because the team wasn't good enough. John Moran is having that meteoric rise, and they're playing like there's validation in his value to them. Whereas Luke, I said, he's not going to be an MVP anytime soon until they get better. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad at the only times like we don't vote on awards, which is like, luckily it's something I'm glad I don't do it. um, To be totally honest, Mm -hmm. like it is, it is a tricky, it is a tricky thing to kind of figure this out because another name we haven't mentioned is DeMar DeRozan, you know, who has been, Again, you talk about a team on a quick meteoric rise, and he's the type of person that I think voters want to reward because it's such a good story. It's such a good, like, 
kind of out of nowhere sort of seemingly season. But it's hard uh, to vote an MVP but, with a high – you can't say, oh, remember that time in that game against like, – you know, the, the Joker had sort of a season like that last year, but he had some sure. unbelievable passes. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, like here's another – Couple game winners. Couple game winners. All right, okay. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. But, but look, Dan, they've got to beat – you know, and this is an issue. And they haven't like beaten good teams. That's what I was just going to say. They've got to beat really good teams, yeah. right? And they just haven't done it. So, I mean, I think to me, like – Right now, if I was filling a ballot, I, I would look at Embiid, I would look at Jokic, and I would look at Morant probably closest, and then Giannis is like right on the edge of that. And then you just start to – at a certain point, it becomes a level of taste. Like those, those guys have all been so good. Um, Embiid has been, has been great on both sides of the ball. What Jokic is doing is still like kind of rewriting possibilities on offense. Giannis, um, you know, is maybe the most dominant player in the NBA. And then you've got this guy, John Morant, who – like I said, I mean, like, seems like sort of a mix of, like, Allen Iverson and Derrick Rose a, a little bit. Like, pre-injury is kind of who I always see, and it's just sort of, you know, it, it really does feel like he is – he's on the precipice of something really, really special. And that's the crazy thing with him, Dan, is, like, are we even seeing the best of him right now? Like, like how much more is there to go? Bill Oram of uh, The Athletic got yelled at by LeBron. Have you been yes. yelled at by LeBron? Um, snarled at. Certainly not to that extent. I, I, I will say this. I have yelled at Bill Orm before. That has definitely happened. Um, Everybody more, yells more, at Bill Orm. Yeah. Wait, more, more than once. LeBron snarled at you? Absolutely, yeah. What, I mean, what was like, snarl worthy? I think, you know, I mean, I think there was a point at the a time during the season where he basically looked over and was like, you keep asking the same questions. Right. Like you keep asking us and we don't know. And if we did know, we would maybe answer. But them. you should think, have said, you know, hey, you guys keep playing the same way. That's, that's why what I told them. That's what I told them. I said, this is frustrating. Um, like we're trying. We're trying, Jennifer. I pulled the CJ McCollum card. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, certainly I, the, uh, um, you know, the, the Bill LeBron situation, obviously like a, a little jest in there too and stuff. It's just, Everybody's frustrated, Dan. Like, honestly, like it is a, it is a very tiring team um, to be around. And what I mean by that is that it's just like I said, like, this is a team that I think, you know, you heard them talk about championships, you know, with a straight face through December. Um, we heard Russell Westbrook talk about a championship last night, uh, you know, saying like the season's not over. Our goals are still in front of us. And it's, you know, you're eight games under 500. And, um, you know, why are you even talking about anything beyond, you know, winning a single game, playing better than one quarter? Um, like, this team hasn't figured that out yet. And it's, it, it is a little bit exhausting constantly trying to dissect these huge big picture issues, right? Like, these aren't little tiny problems. These are big problems that they're trying to tackle. But, like, at the same time, like, they're not even getting, like, the, the day-to-day results. That painting, uh, a tribute to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, it's, uh, you know, I'm a Chicagoan. My son is named Cameron. Um, you know, it is a, uh, it is high art in my room, Dan. So There's, you didn't want to go with Ferris as a name for your son? No, I didn't want, I didn't want like, people thinking, you know, like, say Ferris and stuff like that. Cameron, underrated character. Um, I don't know why he's a Red Wings fan. It never made total sense to me. Uh, maybe if in a prequel or a sequel that would ever get addressed. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean. As but a, everything as a, about Cameron, he was an outsider. Yeah, and, and, and he worked his way into, like, the, the popular social circle, a, a real hero, in my opinion. <laughs> and, unlike me, a father with a great car.
Dan, great to talk to you. Good luck the rest Good of the season. You, uh, so, Thank you. Enjoy the struggle. Yes, Dan Wakey, he covers the Lakers and NBA for the LA Times. I know that probably came off strangely when I said, you know, I, I, I like watching the struggle. But I do because there, there's good TV sometimes in bad basketball. You know, the Suns are good basketball. Not much drama there. Uh, the Bucks, good basketball team. Not much drama. 76ers. You get a little combo platter there with everything that's happened this year. I do think it's Joel Embiid's MVP to lose. I don't think the Joker will go back to back. And I don't think they'll give it to John Morant just yet. But you could make a case. You can make a case for John Morant as far as value. Because this is what hurt Luka. Luka was putting up these incredible numbers. And I said, if you're not going to get into the playoffs or, you know, you get into the playoffs, are you going to advance? I mean, that, that's when we start to look at the value that you have. And Luka's a wonderful player. We all know that. But I just want to see that team be an elite team. I think that would help his MVP case. Uh, John Moran has done that with Memphis. And now you can say, well, it's a down year in the West because the Clippers and the Lakers and Portland. and Okay. And John might be the favorite going into next year. But it feels like you have to introduce yourself to the voters and then they reward you. Like, we want to see if this is real. Uh, You know, one year, oh, okay, he's doing it again this year. Oh, okay, that team is up there in the top four. Yeah, Paul. John Morant feels like where Joe Burrow was three or four months ago. The numbers are great, the wins are great, and then Joe Burrow took it to the next level in the playoffs. We're like, oh, he's there's nothing to criticize anymore, and it's a little early. Who do you think will be the leading candidate for MVP in the NFL start this season? I'm guessing it would be Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen or Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I'm curious where Joe Burrow is right now. I would, I would imagine top five, but I, I don't know. I don't know how. And I never voted on any other awards except for the NBA. Yeah, Paulie. I got, uh, there's a few different places, but this is the MVP for the next season, 2022. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Mm. and then it goes to Justin Herbert, and then it starts going off of it. Matthew Stafford's up there. Dak Prescott is in that next tier. Okay. Ted in Tampa's back. Hi, Ted. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. uh, Good hearing you talk about uh, Dickie V. Uh, here in Tampa, I live about 18 miles from his house. Um, just wanted to ask you, I'm sure you would know, back when he was uh, doing about like the first 10 years of his announcing, why was there so much friction between him and Al McGuire? I don't know. Uh, thank you, Ted. Uh, unless that was, there were a lot, it, it felt like there was the network side of things and then there was ESPN. And ESPN was an outlier. And then I think some of these network guys realized how much freedom you had, how much time you had when you were an analyst or a broadcaster on the mothership. And I don't know if it felt like Billy Packer had more of a problem with Dick Vitale, as I remember, not Al McGuire. But, but I mean, you could be right, Ted. I don't know that. It just felt like people were talking about who's the best basketball analyst. And Billy Packer was doing, you know, he was doing those uh, final fours. He was doing March Madness all those years with Jim Nance, whereas Dickie V didn't get that opportunity, 
And he probably heard from a lot of people over and over about Dick Vitale and maybe, you know, had a problem with that. Uh, Lincoln in Maine joins us. Hey, Lincoln, what's on your mind? Hey, DP, how are you? Good, sir. Good, sir. Um, I got to give a shout out to Tyler. He's doing a great job. He's cooking all that food. And then he took the time to explain to me about Ludomira or whatever his name is in Ukraine. Oh, Lubomir. Yeah, Lubomir. Yeah. So I was glad to hear that he's doing okay. But uh, I'm a member of the Tiny Hands Club myself. And I was thinking if you guys are going to make a T-shirt, you should put the actual size, like Marvin's hands, actual size on the shirt. So people can walk around and just compare their hands. Okay. Uh, Marvin? T-Hands is here for you. T-Hands. I'm here. Okay. And my favorite basketball player, Tyler Hansborough. Yeah. Oh, Tyler. I thought it was going to be Tiny Archibald. <laughs> Tyler Little Hansborough. Yeah. And your favorite song is Tiny Dancer from Elton John. Okay. Favorite singer is uh, Tiny Tim. Anything else? It would be great that just put, you know, your handprints up there on, on a, a T-shirt and then just say, with, you know, we have to, how do we include, how, how are we more inclusive with the people who have small hands? The small-handed. They like to be called the small-handed. Oh, are they? Yes, that's the term now. Oh, okay. Not tiny hands? No. It changes every decade. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Got to be sensitive to those. Like, if your hands are under eight inches, then you're in the tiny hands club. In fact, Marvin, why don't you just start that? And then, you know, you could correspond with a lot of other people who are maligned. You know what? (laughs) DP, I have a meeting this weekend. Oh, you do? Yeah. Hi, I'm Marvin, and I have tiny hands. Hi, Marvin. Yes, Todd. I got an email from an agency saying palm challenged, please. Palm challenged for the tiny hands. You don't like that one. Isn't Palm Sunday coming up here soon? I think it might be. Yeah. As a face palm. Yeah. Yes, Paul. Marvin can MC a charity event, Tiny Hands Across America. Mm, yeah. you know, more people, less hands, more people. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you got to fill the line. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. If you're uh, watching on Peacock, we have the Traeger Grills fired up. And uh, let's see. What do we have? We have the uh, Barbecue Chicken Sandwiches Ultimate Loaded Nachos. Uh, last call for phone calls this day in sports history. Back after this. Simply Safe Home Security. Oh, they've done it again. They got this wireless outdoor camera, and it lets you see what's happening outside your home, right from your phone, alerts you when anyone approaches, so you always know what's going on. But it's so much more than that. Simply Safe Wireless Outdoor Camera, and uh, you know, you want to set up your home? You can do it. 30 minutes or less, go to simplysafedan.com. It's monitored 24 7 by professionals ready to dispatch police, firefighters, or EMTs to your home. And I broke it down how much it costs per day. It's less than a dollar per day. Set it up. You set it up. That's the simple part of Simply Safe. 30 minutes or less, no long-term contracts, no commitments, no hidden fees. That's what I love about this. A lot of these security companies, they'll be like, you got to sign a three-year deal, and then they leave you. Simply Safe is there every day. You can customize your perfect system for your home in a few minutes. SimplySafeDan.com. Go today. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off interactive monitoring. SimplySafeDan.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Closing up shop. Send this out to uh, former Chicago Bear Steve McMichael. Going through a pretty tough time there. Good man. Good man. Here's Arcade Fire. Steve McMichael, he was there with the 85 Bears. It's easy to get overshadowed on that defense. And I think this stat might be true. I don't think there's another defensive tackle in NFL history with 90 or more sacks who's not in the Hall of Fame. Steve McMichael has, I think, 90 sacks or just over 90 sacks, and uh, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Dan, Steve McMichael, three-time Pro Bowler, 95 career sacks. The only defensive tackle, people who played their, the meat of their career defensive tackle, uh, John Randall, he played a little defensive end as well. He was well over 100. Yeah. Aaron Donald is as uh, 94. Um, Warren Sapp has 93 sacks and is in the Hall of Fame. Steve McMichael, not in the Hall of Fame, but he has 95 career sacks at defensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, Sean in Indianapolis. Hey, Sean, what's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Real quick to send you off over the weekend. Would you rather have really small hands or really short arms? Um. Bill Lane Beer, it felt like had short arms. Like he was a six eleven player and, and a really good player, but he it felt like he had alligator arms. Would I rather have short arms? I, I can hide my hands. Can't hide your arms. What if you had huge hands and short arms? <laughs> <laughs> like fins. <laughs> uh Marvin, you okay? It feels like you got blindsided today with the, the hand measurement thing. Now it's all good because I have long arms and I have small <laughs> hands, so I take the long arms. What's it going to be like when you go home today and you see your wife? They're going to say, oh, she's going to say, oh, Marvin, how was the show? Oh, it was great. Anything good happen? Mm-mm. <laughs> nah, just a regular show. They didn't even come to me today. It's crazy. I think we're going to make a T-shirt of, of Marvin's small hands. And uh, the suggestion right now is to just get an outline of Marvin's hands, and therefore you can measure your hands against Marvin. To know if you're in the tiny hands fraternity. T hands with a Z with Marvin. Yes, Paul. I just Googled uh, celebrities with small hands, and I got nobody. Marvin might be the most famous person in America. He could be the... I'm looking. I don't find anyone there. But I don't know. It's not like you walk around and you go, uh, hey, how big are your hands in Hollywood? They don't have a combine. It's not like Elton John. They're going to go, Elton, let me see if your hands are big. But you would think that there would be somebody that, that, you know, they would go, oh, that guy's got small hands. Yes. I did uh, stumble upon an Instagram feed where they Photoshop small hands on celebrities. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio is getting his Academy Award. and He's got these little baby hands. It's uh, transfixing. (laughs) People got a lot of time on their hands. Oh, Oh, come on. Okay. See what he did. Come on. Marvin has a little time on his hands. Not too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Final results of the poll question, Seton. Uh, would you rather have tickets to the Final Four or Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium? It's about 70% uh, Final Four. Yeah. 
Maybe I luck into Coach K's final game. Yeah, that's a good strategy. Yeah, good strategy. Uh, this day in sports history, Paul. 1993, ESPN formed the V Foundation with Jim Valvano. Mm. And uh, the New York Yankees in 1913 traveled to Bermuda for spring training. They were the first team to leave the USA to train. It was also on this day, this night, Hank Gathers collapsed on the court during a conference tournament game. Uh, taken to the hospital where physicians unable to revive him. And uh, if, if you don't know the Hank Gathers story, you should. That, that team that he played on, Loyola Marymount. And, you know, you had Bo Kimball was with him. And, uh, you know, you watched, you watched Hank die because the video uh, freelance photographer that ESPN was using that night, and I was doing SportsCenter that night with Chris Berman, and I remember Chris Myers was the uh, Los Angeles reporter, and he did a great job. You know, as soon as he found out about it, went to the hospital, filing reports on what happened to Hank. And, uh, you know, we had talked to Bo Kimball uh, a few times on this show. I mean, what Hank meant to him, to that team, Loyola Marymount. They were, they were doing things, you know, with Paul Westhead that you're seeing teams do now. We'll give you two. We're going to take a three. And uh, that, that was the team that was – and back then it was radical what they were doing. All right, we'll go around the room what we learned on the program. I'm trying to think – oh, Brett Favre retired on this day for the first time. That was 2008. Todd, what did you learn on today's award-nominated program? Lakers beat writer for the LA Times, Dan Wojcicki, said LeBron James has snarled at him from time to time after games. All right, uh, Seton O'Connor. Not sure what I'm going to do with these massive hands I suddenly <laughs> acquired. <laughs> Uh, Marvin, <laughs> what did you learn today? March Madness started early. Seeding 16 seed, beat the one seed. Yeah, yeah. March handsness. Uh, Paulie, what did you learn today? My neighbor is now goes by T Hands, not See? Marvin anymore. Yeah, tiny hands. Todd, what did I learn on today's program? NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah feels the Colts should be looking to trade one Carson Wentz. We'll recap the combine coming up on Monday. Jay Billis will recap the final home game with Coach K. That'll be Monday as well. What we learned brought to you by the great folks at Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations like Marvin's hands apply. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Thanks for laughing along with us and at us, <laughs> Marv. For Seton, Paulie, Fritzy, Marvin, yours truly, this has been the Dan Patrick Show. Have a great weekend, everybody. One more item as we close out this show and send you into the weekend. And if you're in a place where you can play golf, I got a suggestion for you. If you're looking for a new driver, the Rogue ST driver. Go Rogue. Callaway's done it again. It's uh, engineered with new tungsten speed cartridge. It's, it's beautiful looking. You know, sometimes you get a club, an iron, a driver, a putter, and you look at it and you go, ugh. This is one of those where you go, hmm. The Rogue ST, they have one for everybody. I have the Max because of its incredible combination of distance and forgiveness. There's also Max D if you draw the ball. Max LS, stronger trajectory and a little more neutral ball flight. If you're a true player out there, Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS. Yes, it's everything. And then some low spin head, that's the LS. This is what the tour players love. 
Callaway's thought through every aspect of speed. All you have to do is go rogue. Find your rogue ST driver. Great folks at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue.